0: أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وضرورياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد uh mashallah, we have reached the fifteenth night of this mubarak month. Allah Taala make this night mubarak and every other night mubarak. Allah Taala write <coughs> all of us uh, from those who are uh, uh, emancipated from the uh, from the from the torment of the fire in this mubarak night uh, uh, and in this mubarak month. Uh, just a couple of words before continuing with. Uh, with our reading, inshallah, uh, of uh, Sayyid Mona Sayyid Abdul Hassan Ali Nadwi's um, interesting biography about Imam Ghazali, rahimahullah ta'ala, uh, and that is that uh, you know these these uh, Mubarak nights are passing; they're slipping away. This is the night, last night of the first half of uh, of, of Ramadan. Uh, then it's all going to be uh, it's all going to be uh, from here on out, uh, just uh, a matter of. <clears throat> What's in front of us is less than what's behind us, so don't be amongst those who are, uh, you know, who who say that, oh look, it came back so fast, and where did it all go, and you know this type of uh, stuff. Don't don't be one of those. Uh, Rather, uh, put more put more effort into it. Uh, Don't cry over what's gone uh, as much as let it, you know, the the burning uh, of having missed it uh, uh, motivate you to do something for the future. Yomu Qiyamah is a day that people will rove around looking for one Subhanallah and one La ilaha illallah and one Allahu akbar and two Rak'ahs and one uh, uh, you know Allah uh, or you know just to uh, put something in the scale pans uh, and so uh, you know still there's there's the opportunity and uh, you know all the cool people already have been on the ball for some time now they've been fasting since Rajab uh, so uh, that's fine we're not them Allah forgive us. But it doesn't mean that we need to like completely let go, or that there's any benefit in it. And uh, this goes double for those brothers and sisters uh, who are uh, have have family, have children, have dependents, have people who look up to them, even have peers, but peers that like you know listen to what they have to say. Um, You know this is this is a wonderful time. If you have kids, you know uh, this is the time. If you need to buy them candy to bribe them, buy candy to bribe them. If you need to you know, threaten to take away their uh, Chromebook or laptop or uh, uh, tablet or phone, uh, make all the threats in the world, this is the time to, to, to pull the leash and uh, dangle the carrot um, in order to get them to do what's right. Even if you have to get them together and pray 20 rak'ahs only with Fatiha in it, uh, I know that our Hanafi Mufti Hazrat will probably uh, are sharpening their knives as they hear it. Uh, uh, but in the Maliki school, it's still valid. And, uh, you know, that's not to say that I'm recommending it, but I'm just saying even if it's just that, that's all they can handle. Then get them together and pray with them, the 20 rak'ahs of, of taraweeh. You know, if they can't pray 20, then pray 12 with them, pray 2 with them, do something with them, you know. Gather them together, sit them down, say some word of good to them, you know. Shut the lights off and, uh, you know, La ilaha illallah, Allah, Allah with them uh, in these Mubarak nights. And uh, they'll remember, you know, you'll you'll be... Your dust will be mingled with that of your grave, and uh, you know they'll remember and they'll take the divine name, and it will be a benefit to all of us. So don't don't waste these don't waste these opportunities. You know right now, <coughs> Allah Ta'ala describes the. Uh, uh, he says that. Uh, Allah that they, they, they plot a plotting, and Allah to belong to Allah belongs even their plot. Wa makruhum la jibal. Allah forgive me if I uh, messed up the wording at all, but uh, you know that uh, that Allah taala to Him belongs even their plotting, even if their plots are so great that uh, they will uh, rent mountains asunder. And uh, you know those types of plots seem to be afoot nowadays. But don't worry, uh, wrapped up within one Allah is the secret that uh, binds the heavens and the earth together and uh, you know a thousand uh, foundations from a thousand billionaires who are up to god knows what you know can't undo any of that nonsense uh, it can't, that nonsense i should say cannot do any of undo any of that power so sit down with your kids and say allah allah uh, in that name uh, and in that la ilaha illallah is the secret uh, uh, that uh, shaitan uh, is humiliated by and it is the only one thing that all of this uh, complete like nonsense, uh, bakwas, uh, uh theatrics of this world that are going on are trying to take away from you. And uh, you know it's the one thing that was there. The only the only distance between you and it is the distance between your heart and your tongue. And even if your tongue were to be cut out from uh, your mouth, Allah Taala spare us all. Uh, but even then, uh, it suffices that it's just there in your heart. So these are the nights, inshallah. bring it forth and enjoy. Uh, and enjoy the kingship and the, uh, uh, the victory and the glory and the, the honor and the happiness and the joy and the security and the peace uh, of, of that divine name being uh, repeated in your house in those ayat of that uh, book uh, that was sent down uh, from, uh, from the highest heavens, from the low mahfuzh uh, and from the Ghaib. Uh, enjoy those things in these Mubarak nights, then afterward you guys are going to be busy, we're all going to be busy trying to you know, hustle and earn a living and do all the other fun stuff. So inshallah, enjoy uh, enjoy them now while you still can. So we continue, uh, attack on the Bate Nights. Uh, so we talked about Ghazali's two major classes of refutation that he authored and penned was uh, external refutation. One was on the uh, philosophers, and the other was on the Bate Nights, uh, cult of esoteric, uh, uh, weirdos who um, essentially, <coughs> essentially, will claim falsely descent from the Prophet ﷺ and access to secret knowledge by an infallible Imam who tells them that the outward meanings of the Quran is not what it means at all, and uh, it's just a, a, a bogey in order to distract the normies. And we're the deep spiritual, like you know. Uh, 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 spiritual new age, uh, uh, big spiritual guru uh, masters. And we know what it actually means. And only if you're, you're friends with us, then you can understand. But sneak preview, it means, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to follow Sharia at all. So he, you know, they employed some very sophisticated, and when I say sophisticated, I mean sophistry, some very, uh, very uh, uh, tricky language in order to try to prove what they uh, wanted to prove, as people do to this day. There are people who have penned entire books saying, you know, arguing from the Quran that uh, uh, um, uh, that, for example, that the Quran doesn't prohibit homosexuality, or that it doesn't pro- prohibit uh, drinking alcohol, or that it doesn't prohibit uh, a number of things that it obviously prohibits. <clears throat> And all of those uh, works, uh, whether they're articles or entire books, all of them are, are just a tafsir of Allah Ta'ala's kalam. يهدي بِهِ كَثِيرًا ويضل بِهِ كَثِيرًا وما يضل به إلا الفاسقين, That Allah guides through this Qur'an many people and He'll send a- astray through this Qur'an uh, many people. And He won't send anyone astray through this Qur'an except for those people of fisk, that people who love sin and profligacy. Attack on the Ba'tanites. Beside philosophy, the crisis caused by the Ba'tanite movement uh, had received the attention of Ghazali during uh, his first stay in Baghdad when he wrote the uh, Mustahdhiriyah uh, uh, at the instance of the then uh, caliph uh, Al-Ghazali rahimullah ta'ala has made mention of this book in his autobiographical account uh, of the search for truth enti- ent- entitled Al-Munqidh min al dalal uh, Ghazali rahimullah ta'ala perhaps wrote three other treatises entitled the uh, Hujjatul Haqq uh, Mufsalul Khilaf uh, or Mafsal al Khilaf and Qasim uh, al-Batiniyya. And he uh, mentions these names uh, in another book uh, called Jawahir uh, al-Qur'an. Two more books on the subject. Uh, he writes, Fadaih al-Ibahiyya and Muahim al-Batiniyya uh, uh, have been mentioned in a list of Ghazali's writings. No one else could have encountered uh, or uh, uh, countered, I should say, the Ba'tanites so successfully as Ghazali did, for he was fully aware of the ways of the mystics, besides being a savant both of the secular and religious knowledge, uh, uh, secular and religious sciences, taking shelter behind the terminology drawn from philosophy, their cult of quote-unquote esoteric meanings was a combination of sophism and conspiracy. For a man like Ghazali, it was compar- comparatively easy to uh, smash the snare of the Batinites. His effective uh, answer to the challenge of the Batinites uh, made it a discredited sect ever after him. Ghazali's evaluation of social conditions. Uh, so he, he moves on. By the way, the botanis are, uh, you know, they're an interesting group of people. Philosophically, uh, they get shut down pretty hard by Ghazali. Ta'ala, and, uh, uh, the, you know, like in intellectual sense, they don't really recover from that. And uh, there's a lot of hate that uh, their, their uh, successor movements will like... Try to project on Ghazali Almost none of it has to do with any of his works Um, But uh, I I noticed that in Pakistan Is that, uh, you know The Al-Khani Ismailis will From time to time in their uh, articles and things like that in the Don uh, snipping like slipping little uh, cheap shots at Ghazali saying that oh look you know ever since his attack on the philosophers the whole Muslim world has been behind on science and blah 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 all this other nonsense which is uh, ridiculous because the whole Ottoman Empire, uh, technologically modern uh, empire which was Sunni to the teeth and uh, um, Ghazali uh, to the bitter end uh, um you know they you know they, there's no real turning your back on science or modernization uh in 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 that uh, in that state in fact both the Mughal empires and the uh, uh the uh empire of the ottomans were you know some of the first empires to adopt gunpowder so this kind of like uh you know kind of weird uh drawing room uh, uh you know lord mountbatten accented uncle uh, who doesn't know how to read, you know, but like going on about how Ghazali like stunted sciences in the Muslim world, uh, nonsense. Uh, I see a lot of them pushing this type of narrative, and then they have, you know, if you lahum samma'un, there are people who like to listen to this nonsense from them, uh, who want to believe that somehow it's the ulama who, uh, you know, who did the Muslim ummah in, uh, which is really just a closeted way of. Wanting to think that it's the Quran and Hadith that did the Muslims in, which is not a very Muslim sentiment at all, um, and it shows that a person doesn't know anything about the ulama or about the Quran or the Hadith, uh, or much about Islam for that matter beyond a very cultural level. But uh, we we digress. But uh, just you know to wrap up a loose end. Intellectually, Ghazali is the one who who uh, kind of uh, uh, you know quashes the the botanies, uh, uh after him, really, they don't get taken all that, all that much more seriously in the Muslim world, um, intellectually. Uh, however, the and you can see in the books of Kalam, uh, of both the, the Maturidis and the uh, Ash'aris, uh, a relatively deep and sophisticated knowledge of their akwal of their, uh, of their opinions and positions that they uh, enumerate in their various books and works, and uh, a pretty, a pretty uh, a thorough refutation thereof. Um, but uh, the political ascendancy of the Batinis is ended by Salahuddin Ayyubi and his liberation of Egypt from their, uh, from their rule. And uh, uh, still after, after that, <clears throat> still there is a group of them that will hang on uh, uh, to uh, some uh, sovereignty and some sort of political relevance uh, in a place in the mountains in Iran, uh, uh, in a fortress called uh, Alamut, uh, which uh, is the fortress of the assassins. The Hashashin, they will drug their disciples and give them some uh, false type of paradise that they have staged. So this person who's like high on hashish—that's uh, the word assassin, Hashashin—this um, person who's high on hashish will be shown a a fake Jannah with beautiful women and wonderful like wine and and uh, uh, carpets and whatever, uh, some sort of B moving uh, uh, B movie uh, set. Uh, with B-list uh, actresses uh, to show them how uh, how paradisical their paradise is, and then they'll be told is all you have to do is like listen to the listen to the great Imam of the Batinia, and so they're like okay cool, and then they'll send them to different places around the world. Say go get a job in the palace, go get a job to do this. They'll give them some training on how to fight, kill poison, do weird stuff, and then they'll give them jobs all over the place. And then these guys will essentially become a, an extortion racket. Uh, they'll more or less tell the different kings and princes and wealthy people in different places around the world, uh, "You pay us so much money, or we'll kill you." And uh, initially, people will be like, "Whatever." And then they'll kill a bunch of people through their uh, uh, through their uh, what you call their network of uh, clandestine assassin cells. And uh, those people will promptly uh, you know kill themselves so as to not spill the beans, and uh, uh, or you know uh, they'll be killed in the process. And uh, of like, they're not supposed to not spill the beans of how the scam works, and uh, then uh, the assassins get taken seriously and they amass a great amount of wealth uh, for their uh, kind of weird, crooked purposes. And uh, what, what, what will end up happening is uh, they get taken very seriously. In fact, Nizam al Mulk, the prime minister of the Seljuk state that actually endowed the Madrasa Nizamiya f- uh, f- by which uh, Ghazali and his uh, Sheikh were employed, were actually, uh, you know, uh, his Sheikh Imam al Haramein Jawaini. Nizam al Mulk will be actually one of the people assassinated by, the, by, by this kind of riffraff, leftover uh, set of botanies. And um, they will be kind of a thorn in the side of the, the known world. They'll do this with Christians as well. Um, there'll be a thorn in the side of the world And so it's said uh, In Atal, uh, Malik Juwaini, uh, Atal Malik Juwaini Or Atal Malik um Who is not Imam Al-Haramein But a later functionary Who will uh, Work for the Mongols after their conquest um, He's commissioned to write a, 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 a history of the world conqueror Of Genghis Khan And of the Mongol uh, conquest of, uh, of the world And so uh, he obviously is a Muslim, and it's like kind of hurts his feelings that Baghdad got sacked by these people. Um, and but you know he needs a job, and you know the Mongols will probably kill him if he says anything they don't like. So he will make a very cursory job of of the of the Futuhat of the conquests of Genghis Khan and uh, of his grandsons. Uh, but like about a third of the book is is dedicated to how uh, who this cult was and how the Mongols destroyed them. And basically the story is this is that. That uh, Chingiz Khan, when he's dying, he makes his grandsons swear an oath that, like, when you come to the assassins, uh, you know uh, their their mountain fortress, which is like almost unassailable. Uh, It's just like really, really uh, uh, hard to get to. He says that throw as much uh, as much uh, resources and effort at it as you can, and when you conquer them, uh, abandon the Mongol tradition of offering them. Uh, surrender uh, uh, or uh, uh, of surrender or uh, 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 or slaughter just go go straight to the slaughter because these people if you leave them alive they'll just do this nonsense again and uh, once they're out of your grip then they'll assassinate your people and they'll just you know they're just they're just like scum like there's no negotiating with them and so they all uh, they all will give their their word that if and when they get to the uh, uh, get to the assassins they'll do this and uh yeah, lo and behold, actually, uh, he gives a a a, a a a history of that assassin cult in that mountain fortress, and he actually mentions something really interesting, which is that one of their imams actually makes Toba. He actually uh, uh, recants his botanism and makes Toba and becomes a Muslim, and uh, you know, tells all of his uh, uh, all of his disciples to become Muslims. and they do it, and it's kind of like... You know, it's kind of like uh, 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 the Reverend Louis Farah um, You know, uh, they all kind of become Muslims and then some of them don't enjoy it after a while. And so when he dies or when they get rid of him, uh, they basically revert back to their old ways. And uh, that's when uh, that's when uh, 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 Hulegu, uh, uh, who is uh, uh, kind of like mockingly referred to in the Muslim uh, in the Muslim historical uh, literature, as Halaku. Uh, Halak means death in Arabic, and Hulegu is his name. Uh, and so, this kind of like a play on words, they kind of like satirically call him Halaku. Uh, uh, so, then Hulegu basically uh, knocks on their door not too long after that, um, and he, he just decimates them, he destroys them. Uh, And so there are very few of them that are left afterward. They're not politically all that relevant uh, until later times where, uh, you know, they basically make it to India and uh, uh, more or less move into some uh, poor villages in Gujarat and uh, uh, have competing claims of the imamate between the Boris and the the Ismailis and whatever. But essentially, it seems like Gujarat seems to be where, uh, you know, uh, all these different competing groups uh, seem to be making their... Uh, their economic footprint. And so uh, the Arah Khan, uh, you, you'll hear him from time to time. He has like, he's a relatively influential person, politically good, big ties with the UK, with Canada. Justin Trudeau is like a very close personal friend of the Arah Khan. And like, they go and like party on their, uh, 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 you know, what on his private Island together and stuff like that. The Arah Khan owns like great, you know, tracts of uh, land in uh, the Northern areas of Pakistan. And they have converted, uh, uh you know, huge villages to botanism. Um, and there are actually preachers that go there and try to like, you know, and sometimes successfully try to uh, you know convert those people back to Islam. Um, they own huge uh, swaths of land in, in Afghanistan as well. Uh, basically that's who they are and what they're up to nowadays. And uh, if you ask them, obviously, are you guys assassins? Like, no, no, that's very exaggerated, and you know we don't ever this and that. But it's essentially the same group. Uh, uh, it's essentially the same group taxonomically. They're 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 part of the the same group. So that's just a small, a small, small interesting uh, side note with regards to the uh, refutation and the quashing of, of botanism uh, and its various kind of weird forms in the uh, in the Muslim world. Ghazali's evaluation of social conditions. The second remarkable achievement of Ghazali was his evaluation of the religious and moral state of the society from an Islamic viewpoint, which awakened the spirit for re-Islamization of the community. The ihyaul din revival of the religious sciences, was the result of his endeavors in this regard. Uh, and I think the word magnum opus is thrown around. It's his greatest work. It really is his greatest work, and it's just a really amazing work. The ihyaul din The ihyaul din uh, occupies a distinguished place amongst the few literary works which have had a lasting effect in molding the moral and spiritual life of the Islamic world Hafiz Zainuddin uh, Al-Iraqi the author of the Alfia the sheikh of uh, by the way the sheikh of uh, Hafiz ibn Hajar uh, Al-Asqalani uh, and then thereafter a distinguished pedigree of of uh, who did great uh, service for the hadith sciences in the Mamluk era uh Hafiz Zainuddin Iraqi who brought out a collection of traditions quoted in the he is of the opinion that the foremost uh, that it is the foremost literary composition of the muslim people. Uh, 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 Abdul uh, uh, Ghafir, uh al-Farisi a contemporary of Ghazali and disciple of Imam al-Haramain said that no book like it had ever been written before. Another reputed scholar uh, Sheikh Muhammad uh, uh, Ghazruni Uh, uh, remarked that if all the sciences were effaced completely, he would revive them all with the help of the Ihya. Hafiz ibn al-Jawzi differed from Ghazali on many issues, but he acknowledged, ibn al-Jawzi, inshallah, the next chapter is about him, he's a great Hanbali scholar of of, of that era. So Hafiz ibn al-Jawzi differed from Ghazali on many issues, but he has acknowledged the popularity and matchless sincerity uh, of the Ihya and had written a summary of it under the uh, caption of Minhaj al-Qasidin. Uh, um, The Ihya was written at a time when Ghazali had returned home After more than 10 years of seclusion and meditation in search of the truth He now wanted to disseminate his message of reform and rectitude In reflecting the tremendous sincerity and heroic sacrifice Heartfelt certitude and ardent zeal uh, of the uh, author to revivify the true uh, faith The Ihya presents a, a striking example Shibli numani rahimahullah, writes uh, in his uh, biography of Ghazali, in Baghdad he felt an irresistible urge to embark upon the quest for the truth. He proceeded to study each religion but still remained dissatisfied. At last he turned to Sufism, uh, but it was something to be experienced in the recesses of one's heart rather than to be studied. And the first step toward it was purification of the heart and transformation of the self. The preoccupations of Al Ghazali, however, left no room for it. What honor and fa- what honor and fame, sermons and debates, uh, had to do with purification of the heart and soul? Obviously, it was a path uh, that led to the wilderness. At last, donning a mendicant's habit, uh, he left Baghdad and took off to wandering. Uh, after a long period spent alternately in complete seclusion and meditation he had an access to uh, divine manifestation. He would have spent the rest of his life lost in beatific visions, but witnessing the contamination of religion and morals all around him, a malady from which the laity and the elite, the knowledgeable and the illiterate, were suffering alike, he began to give expression to his experiences and convictions. He could not bear with the equanimity, uh, uh, the degeneration of the... Uh, mentors of faith into a cesspool of materialism let's read that uh, sentence again he could not bear with the equanimity of uh, the equanimity the degeneration of the mentors of the faith uh, uh, had which turned uh, into a cesspool of crass materialism he wrote the book in these circumstances as he himself writes in the preface quote i found everyone hankering after material gains People had become forgetful of eternal salvation, while the doctors of religion who were guides to the right path uh, were no longer to be found anymore. There remained only those who had lost their soul to worldly temptations. These people had led everyone to suppose that knowledge consists simply in the debates and arguments by which they spread their fame, or else ornate sermons by which they held the people spellbound or else legal opinions by which they sat in judgment to settle the disputes of others. The knowledge that was required to illuminate the path leading to the world to come had thus completely disappeared. I could not endure this state of affairs uh, and had ultimately to sound the alarm. Uh, so uh, you know hiya yeah, mashallah is a really incredible book one of the interesting things uh, that uh, you know in my travels i came across was that apparently there are darshnizami madaris in uh, uh, madaris that teach the darshnizami curriculum in south india in the malabar coast kerala and uh, 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 in the southern parts of india which uh, in which the uh, uh, the because the people, majority of the people in those coastal areas follow the Shafi'i school, the Ahiyah al-Muddin is actually part of the Darsh Nizami uh, curriculum. I think this is the same thing. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think if not in whole, at least in parts, uh, uh, the Hiyah and other works of Ghazali are also read in Mulana Taha Karan's uh, madrasa in, in the Cape, in, in Cape Town in uh, um in South Africa which is just really I, I just think it's like really incredible I, I was told this when I was in the Emirates by a scholar from Kerala he told me uh, uh, he told me uh, um, uh, about that and I actually saw him one of the Shami scholars took me to visit him um, and uh, he was just sitting in his lungi and his kurta uh, on a charpai on the you know like the, the whatever the bed the traditional village bed in the sub- subcontinent is basically like a metal frame with rope, uh, like a hammock type rope configuration uh, uh, ran through it so that a person can sit on it and lay on it in the heat and it doesn't, you know, heat you too much like a mattress. So he was sitting in the Emirates in a, obviously it was a long time ago. Uh, he was sitting in the Emirates in a courtyard, basically in the, in the shade in a, in a hot summer day. Um, and a number of students from really all over the world, Arab and non-Arab, were sitting next to him and he was basically teaching the uhiyah, uh, uh to them. And uh, you know, it, it was it was something really beautiful. Like I just, I there was a lot of khair in it, mashallah. So Allah subhanahu wa taala, uh, you know, give give khair and, and baraka to those people who are preserving uh, this knowledge and and uh, um, uh, you know propagating it. And the hiyah is definitely written from a shafi'i point of view, but. Um, anyone who's read it knows that uh, you know the benefit from it is far far greater than just that of a fiqhi madhab, uh, because of its uh, its like holistic treatment of the deen. Al Ghazali's object was to bring about a moral and spiritual uh, transformation of the people of his time. He wanted to create for the purpose and awareness of the ills and weaknesses the Muslims as well as their religious and intellectual leaders were suffering from to tell them how the devil of earthly passions had taken hold of the different sections of society and to let them realize what factors were responsible for diverting their attention from the true content of their faith to its outer forms, rituals, and customs, thus making them oblivious to eternal life and the will and pleasure of God. In order, therefore, to achieve the end uh, he had in view, Hazali undertook a detailed analysis of the intellectual and moral approach Uh, of the then society toward life and the world, highlighted the vices of the different sections of society, defined the aims and methods necessary to achieve those objectives, delineated the individual and communal obligations of the people, uh, brought out the distinguishing features and differences between secular and religious sciences, invited the attention of the affluent and ruling classes toward their shortcomings, criticized unjust laws and rules promulgated by the state, and exhorted them to give up their un-Islamic ways, customs and usages. Uh, it was thus that the first detailed sociological study in Islam, which was brought out courageously and poignantly, uh, uh, which brought out courageously and poignantly, poignantly the social and moral ills of the society uh, and suggested uh, 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 measures uh, for its reform tran- and transformation into a healthy community. So, inshallah, I think uh, that's enough for today. Uh, tomorrow, inshallah, we'll continue with uh, a, a discussion with regards to. Uh, 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 Ghazali's uh, uh, um, assessment and uh, uh, advice uh, for rectification for the ulama of his time, uh, inshallah. Uh, But uh, until then, inshallah, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept uh, our speaking and our listening for his sake. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us uh, the barakah of this night and of this Mubarak month of Ramadan and save us and spare us from the calamities of this world and the hereafter. And uh, uh, to rectify our our situations as individuals and as families and as communities and as an ummah. uh, That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bring uh, so much more khair from this ummah uh, before before it's time for this uh, entire show to be wrapped up. وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون والسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته